Live from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network.
morning from Nashville, Tennessee. I'm your host, Gary Holt, and joining me in Albuquerque, New Mexico, is our co-host, Miss Bobby Bell. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning, Gary. I feel like I've been in Music City with you for the last four nights solid. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in honor of Ken Burns' documentary, Country Music, we opened the show today with San Antonio Rose by Ray Benson and the Sleep at the Wheel. And how are you enjoying that thing so far? Oh, my gosh. Oh, it, it's like a class. It's a master class in music <laughs> history, in cultural history, in American history. Uh, I take notes. Uh, here it, it plays um, from 7 to 9 and then repeats immediately. And I'm I'm writing notes as fast and furiously as I can um, through the first hour, and I'm even taking pictures off the TV because <laughs> I know I can't do anything with them, but they're fabulous. And now we're getting into really phenomenal clothing, you know, Nathan Turk and and Nudie and and other things, and of course I'm all about that. So I'm just having a blast. I'm not well, being productive it, for four hours a night, but I'm having a blast. <laughs> uh, gosh. Well, it is a great documentary. And, uh, uh, of course, being here in Nashville, I have known many of these people and uh, or run into them. And and uh, it's kind of special to be watching this and, and great memories that it's been bringing back. And, and uh, so I'm looking forward to the next uh what four more episodes of this thing? Yeah, but, you know, uh, and I learned real quick. I had to grab a box of uh, tissue, and uh, I have found myself um, sort of surprisingly. I think each time it happens, I'm surprised, but I'm really touched by a lot of it too. Um, and I find myself weepy. Um, I just think that the writing is extraordinary, um, and the the weaving of the story is so human. Um, you can't you can't not be touched by the story and the music. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, really great. Well, it is great. So if you're out there listening anywhere in the world, I think you can find it either online or you can check your local public uh, broadcasting stations to find out what time it airs in your area. But uh, I would encourage folks to go back and, and take a look at this. Four more episodes of the uh, Ken Burns documentary country music but we have a great show lined up today and some great music who's our first guest i'm so delighted that we finally have a full hour with ron christopher a, a great friend a singer songwriter from the los angeles area my old stomping grounds and who do we have second hour well, we're going to be joined by Miss Sherry Spurlock. She is the owner of Bridal Ridge Horse and RV Camps, and we actually had Sherry on the show back in February. She had not yet gone out to Bridal Ridge, but uh, she's had almost a year now under the saddle, and uh, we're going to kind of catch up with her and see what's going on at Bridal Ridge Horse and RV Camps in the Black Hills of Custer, South Dakota. So it's going to be a fun couple of hours. But right now, let's get to a great song by Mr. Ron Christopher. It's one from his CD, Outside the Fence, and it's called Takes More Than a Hat to Be a Cowboy. When we come back, we'll be talking with Ron Christopher today on the Campfire Cafe. <laughs> ¶¶ 
It takes more than a hat to be a cowboy More than a buckle and some boots Don't think that just cause you wear blue jeans Rolling you a gun that you can shoot You can get away with wearing a hat and playing outlaw It won't take long until you're caught It takes more than a hat to be a cowboy You have it or you don't, it can't be bought Cowboys like old Willie says are their own kind of special So you can't blame the rest of us for copying our heroes But heroes have their burdens too, they live under the gun It's dusty roads and heavy loads and work that's never done Like riding herd burning in the Texas summer sun Growing old, freezing cold in a wild wind storm And defending riding against the wind until you're numb Stringing wire, cold campfires, enough at break of dawn It takes more than a hat to be a cowboy More than a buckle and some boots Don't think that just cause you wear blue jeans Or own you a gun that you can shoot You can get away with wearing a hat and playing outlaw It won't take long until you're caught It takes more than a hat to be a cowboy You have it or you don't, it can't be bought It takes more than a hat to be a cowboy More than a buckle and some boots Don't think that just cause you wear blue jeans Throwing you a gun that you can shoot You can get away with Wearing a hat like some old outlaw It won't take long until you're caught It takes more than a hat to be a cowboy You have it or you don't, it can't be bought It takes more than a hat to be a cowboy You have it or you don't, it can't be bought Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. We just heard It Takes More Than a Hat to Be a Cowboy, written and performed by today's featured guest, Ron Christopher. Heroes, villains, losers, winners, and such are the characters that inhabit the music of award-winning singer-songwriter Ron Christopher. His melodies are compelling, insistent, always alluring and delivered in a deeply resonant voice evocative of artists Marty Robbins, Waylon Jennings, and Johnny Cash. Each of his recording projects is thematically well-woven to embrace the romanticism of the American West, created by strong, thoughtfully crafted lyrics, clothed in melodies that fit just right, familiar, but never predictable. Ron's strong songwriting and performance skills have received critical praise and major awards, 
the Academy of Western Artists honored his album, Into the West, with the 2016 Album of the Year. And from his newest album, Outside the Fence, the song Line in the Sand was named the 2018 Western Song of the Year. Home is Los Angeles, California. Ron works extensively as a solo act as well as with his band, performing in venues from New York to L.A. Please welcome to Campfire Cafe, a man with a voice and a message. Once heard, you'll never forget. Ron Christopher. Welcome, Ron. Thank you. Glad to be here. <laughs> who, who, wrote, who wrote all those wonderful things about me? I, I got to hire that guy. <laughs> I, actually, I think you wrote a lot of that. <laughs> you got a great well, website, my friend. <laughs> well, we're happy well, to have tell- you on the show. Yeah, good to have you with us today, Ron. Look forward to this for well, a while. How are things in Nashville today? Hot. Hot. <laughs> It has, it's been consistently uh, in the upper 90s, 99 degrees for the humidity, and I think that we are going to go on record as the driest September ever. And so, uh, yeah, it's hot. It's hot. So I know fall's coming sometime. How is it out in <laughs> California? Well, summer finally arrived with September. We had a kind of a cool summer. But now it's warm. It's even a little bit humid today, but nowhere near your humidity. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we're looking forward to a change. But anyway, hey, let's find out a little bit about you. Um, for example, tell us where is home and and when did you get started in music? Oh, God, that's a lot. That's a long trail. I was 10 years old when I started taking guitar lessons. And by the time I was 14, I was in a little small band. And by the time I was 18, I was playing the clubs. Wow. And, uh, and so, but I, I'm a child of the 50s, so I grew up on uh, you know, Roy Rogers, Gene Autry, that kind of music, Sons of the Pioneers. And, and I was, you know, a kid when Elvis hit and, and watched that transition. But I also had the beautiful influence. My, my parents were uh, World War II people. In fact, they got married during World War II. Uh, so I, I got to listen. They had records. Remember those old 78s and 33s? 33 oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. they had, they had yeah. a lot of that music. So I, I was influenced by the big band uh, era as well. So I knew all those songs. And uh, it's, it's just been a conglomerate. Of, like, I came to California in the early 70s, and there was a big country rock scene going on here then. But I was more of like a, a, a folk singer pop troubadour kind of guy and then i formed a band and, and i moved into that country rock era and uh, then, right. I, then i moved into the country and then one day i just dropped out of the business i was just you know it happens you get fed up you get burned out and you're getting older and you say well you know maybe i shouldn't be doing this anymore and i, I stayed out of the business for a while and i wandered up into elko and uh see that cowboy gathering Right. And some friends of mine were playing there, and I, I ran into a guy named Billy Rose, and uh, he was running an open mic, and we got talking, and I told him I'd written some songs like this, but I never used them. So he said, well, come on up and do them. And, and I said, well, I haven't played in five years. He said, here's a guitar. Just do it. And uh, oh, wow. it went over, went over well, and so he said, you got to write more of this stuff. So I, I changed my direction at that point and 
got back in and started writing Western songs. And it's a little bit more difficult for me because, you know, I'm not a rancher. I'm not from the Cal boy uh, life. Uh, right. I'm like a lot of, like a lot of hundred thousand other American kids were enamored of the cowboy because we all grew up watching that. Right. And we have a lot of uh, a lot of our values were instilled by those guys like Gene and, and Roy and uh and the Lone Ranger of course. And so I, I just started writing next thing I know I had four CDs under my belt, so Oh my gosh Well you know I think all of us Have been influenced by a lot of different music uh, A lot of different uh, Genres and styles And uh, yeah I think you've got a I think you've done a CD That's kind of a rockabilly thing haven't you Yeah it's one called Borderline Career And uh, that's got That's a mixture of uh, rockabilly And country blues and Americana Yeah Uh, yeah, well, it it uh, you know it kind of I hate to go back to this Ken Burns documentary that's that's on right now, but as we've been through four episodes of that, um, all of that music has been influenced by a combination of genres, and uh, and we went mm-hmm. through different stages. Last night it was kind of the rockabilly thing, and uh, we had Carl Perkins and Johnny Cash and and uh, Elvis and some of the others it was really funny ron because they were talking about the fact that elvis was invited to come perform at the grand Ole opry and uh they didn't like him they didn't invite him back and so (laughs) they kind of missed out on that one i think but uh i think it takes a lot of different influences music to make artists what they are and if you make it your own i think that's pretty cool yeah, I, I think some people get too locked into this is the only thing I do, this is the only way I do it, and this is the only stuff I listen to. But you're working kind of in a vacuum then. It's good to have a lot of input, even if it's just small pieces. You never know where your next idea is coming from. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. I got tickled, Bobby. Uh, um, Brenda Lee talking yes. uh, last she's night. Wonderful. About oh, she's wonderful. Oh, she was great. She's great. But she said, yeah. you know, I was I was country, and then I was pop, and then I was rock, and then I was country again. And she said to me, yeah. it was all the same thing. It's just music. It's good just music. music. They just yeah. kept calling it. You know, they handed me the songs. I sang them, and then they just called me different, you know, different things. <laughs> Johnny Cash uh, said something similar. He he said that a good it doesn't matter what kind of music it is, a good song will always be a good song, and it can be recorded by any artist in any genre. That's right. That's right. And it has been. And it has been. But uh, anyway, your music is great. And again, we're playing oh, a lot you. of music from the CD Outside the Fence. We're going to get to one right now called The Iron Mistress. How did you come to write oh, this? Oh, that's one of my favorites. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. So what was how'd, your question? You... I, I missed your question. How did you come to write this? Well, I was in one of those. Uh, I, I've been listening. I heard uh, Johnny Western sing Paladin that day. Uh-huh. Uh, just cru- cruising through YouTube. And uh, that was a show I watched as a kid. And right. I got into that, that sort of Western feeling, and I thought, I want to write something uh, a little bit sinister. And uh, the way this song came out, it, it's sort of like 
Boy Named Sue, only without the comedy. He meets his dad that he's never didn't grow up with, mm-hmm. and, and then they have a confrontation, and they have to decide, you know, <laughs> are we going to kill each other or are we going to make friends? Right, right, right. Well, let's go ahead and play the Iron Mistress, and we're going to come back and talk with Ron Christopher today on the Campfire Ca- Cafe when we return. Had an iron mistress always at his side And there were twenty notches for every man who tried To claim the prize possession He could not live without his iron mistress She was nickel-plated with ivory pistol grips He'd never been defeated while she was on his hip And so his reputation grew because of her The iron mistress Twenty men had faced his gun, tomorrow there'd be twenty-one. A cold hard fact of life, this was his business. For younger men, it was a quest, and if they set him to his rest, he wondered who would claim the Iron Mistress. The young guns now were bolder than he had seen before, so he sat in the corner, always faced the door, waiting for the moment. He'd have to call upon his iron mistress When times were hard he hired out to the highest bidder But even when he worked alone it didn't really matter It never stopped the challengers The ones who would possess the iron mistress Sundown, no one even noticed The young man riding into town With a tied-down holster He'd come to find his destiny He had come to claim the Iron Mistress He wondered about the older man He had come to face Heard the stories in his youth Recalled his mother's face Whenever she would talk about The man who left them for the Iron Mistress Twenty men had faced his gun before him now stood twenty-one A cold hard fact of life, this was his business But this time he'd be forced to choose Either way he would lose Caught between his son and Iron Mistress They stepped into the dusty street Each man slapping leather Hands as fast as lightning Like men before a mirror but when the dust had cleared away, lying on the ground, the Iron Mistress. The older had refused to fire, he threw his pistol down. Stared into the young man's eyes, acknowledging his son. They were out of town that day, but they left her behind, the Iron Mistress. Twenty men had faced his gun, it would end with twenty-one. Dead men tell no tales and bear no witness. 
this time would be different for He would draw his gun no more No more would he need the Iron Mistress No longer would he need the Iron Mistress Christopher is only he can do it from his newest CD project, Outside the Fence, and we're speaking with Ron. Ron, um, your production value on all of your CDs is always just top-notch, and you bring in quite a few players. I've had the privilege of seeing you perform both solo and with a small uh, band, but this CD, the what you do with the music here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your band that backs you up on this CD? Because, like, the next song we're going to play probably is Line in the Sand, and what y'all do on that song is fantastic. So tell us a little bit about your band. Well, uh, they're too big to be a band. They'd be more like an orchestra. But these people <laughs> are a, a compilation of, of, of various incarnations of my band over the years. Of course, when you're working at clubs in L.A., uh, you have a, a group of four or five people that you use, but you have to have substitution players because everybody's got busy schedules. And so I had a, a group of about 15 to 20 people that I could mix and match on a moment's notice, and they play just as well as you heard them on that record. And uh, that's what I wanted to do here is we no longer work together that way, but I wanted to bring everybody together again for the project. So if you notice... Not everybody is on every song. Certain players are on some mm-hmm. songs, certain players are on other songs. I tried to fit the, the players with the theme of that song, the song that they would enjoy doing the most. And it turned out, I was kind of, uh, I didn't have a, a set rule. I was just playing it by ear, but it turned out okay. You know, I was very pleased. Well, with, and, and I also, these people are, are top-notch players too, so it, it's not hard to get a good, good sound with them. And they're meticulous about it. And my engineer is very meticulous. He won't let me sing a bad note he drives me crazy you know he, he's he's a singer he'll say you got to do that line over i do it really yeah you have to do that line over you can get it right okay okay yeah well and i know gary allegretto is on at least one if not every time i hear harmonica i figure oh that's got to be gary of course being also well it, such a fabulous performer and musician uh, i'm sorry say again he, gary's a good friend and he's on two of those songs but my one of my guitar players, Patrick Bowen, also plays harmonica on some songs, and that, that's what I mean by mixing and matching. Uh, sure. And it, it, I, sure. I think everybody brings something different to the table, and I'm hopefully that's what will set me apart a little bit. I think um, I think Gary's planning on um, at least on the set list. I see "Line in the Sand" is up next, and that is such a wow! What a powerful song. Tell us a little bit about what. Um, inspired you to write this piece well i've, I've always been i'm i'm not a, a historian but i'm a little bit of a history buff and uh, i've always been intrigued by the alamo and of course we all grew up watching those different ver- versions of the alamo fest parker john wayne etc and then billy bob thornton's version and i i knew a lot about the alamo and i thought i knew a lot about it but there was a whole lot more and i was happened to be in san antonio a couple of years ago, uh, right after my first Academy of Western Artist uh, appearance, we're uh, into the West one. But so I'm down there visiting friends, and, and I'm, we're going to the Alamo, and I, I bought a book on Davy Crockett, 
and I learned so much more about it. And little, it, it wasn't that you learn the big story; you learn the little pieces, and uh, all the little pieces started falling together in my head. And that's how I came up with that line in the sand. I always thought that was a, a, a great moment in the John Wayne movie where Lawrence Harvey takes a sword and, and draws a line in the sand. Very dramatic moment that stuck in my head. And that's one of the things that that seems to work for me. I'll have a, an incident or a, a moment or a line or a word that ro- rolls around in my head for 10 or 15 years, and suddenly it comes to fruition. I can't explain that, but it, you know, somewhere I get the idea, and then then all that stuff, all those little pieces fall together. Now, I know not everybody writes that way, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way that you write works. So let's take yep. a listen to A Line in the Sand. This is his award-winning song. And when we come back, we'll continue our conversation today with Ron Christopher on the Campfire Cafe. The Indian fighter got famous, even served in the Congress the spell, lost the election. Then headed for Texas He said, my friends, you may all go to hell Jackson was expanding the borders His eyes on the prize piece of land He sent Houston to gather an army And them boys drew a line in the sand The Mexican army was marching North from the old Rio Grande To put down the Texas Rebellion Conquer and reclaim the land General Houston gave Travis his orders The Alamo would be his command And the colonel, without hesitation With his sword, drew a line in the sand At the Mission San Antonio de Bejar, the Tejanos and Texians did stand against the Mexican General Santana. They would all give their lives to man. Those Mexicans played the Deguel at dawn as the sun struck the land. And Travis, Crockett, and Bowie Held the line that they drew in the sand Outnumbered by twenty to one With no reinforcements in sight No mercy they knew would be shown This battle would be their last fight An army of five thousand strong Stormed the walls where two hundred men Go down in history that day Refusing to yield or to bend Regarded as rebels, not soldiers No quarter was given to them Their bodies dragged and then burned On that line that they drew in the sand The Alamo fell four days after after the Republic had been declared 
news never reached San Antonio. And they died for the cause on the way. Cowboy Way, 
Right. And uh, he and I were talking, and I, and I told him the same thing. I was surprised. He said, "You have to think of it this way. Uh, that song's been that uh, the Alamo's been written about so many times, so many songs, and all good." And he said, "And suddenly, and suddenly, you came up with a different twist on it." He said, "That's a good thing." So yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's it's a great song, great song, but. Um, you know, I was, and I'm going to go back to uh, this Ken Burns documentary for just a minute, and and I got real tickled because um, I've told this story before. Patsy Klein, my dad was in the five and ten cent store business, and he had a couple of stores in Nashville, and uh, they used to have these these radio remotes, and so Patsy would come in with a 45 in hand and pitch her CD to the disc jockey that was doing the remote control. And, uh, and I noticed, uh, Loretta Lynn, when they were doing a little segment on her last night, she and do just got in the car and took off and, uh, we're going from radio station to radio station, uh, taking her, her, uh, uh, I started to say CD, but her, her 45, her single and getting, getting these guys to give her airplay. How do you, how do you pitch your music today? Well, that's a, that's a hard that's a hard one. I put it up on I put it up on Facebook, of course, and uh, I I perform at the Gene Autry Museum once a month with the Western Music Association, and I can sell CDs there. Right. Uh, other than that, uh, Facebook ads and 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 we we run some uh, other kinds of ads, but it's a very difficult business these days, and I'm. I'm long past the point of uh, thinking I'm going to be a star. I just do it for the art now. It's in personal right. satisfaction. If I make, make a little money at it, that's fine. And if I don't, uh, the one thing I can be proud of is that this is all original material, and it's my legacy, and, and nobody can touch it. It's mine. So right. I feel real good right. about that. Yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting because I remember when I got started in radio business back in the 60s, we used to have PR people that would come around to the station and they'd have their CDs that they were trying to promote, not CDs, I said it again, their 45s <laughs> that they would leave, you know, give You're us some air. You remember when we called them records, Gary. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, do, records. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't even call them vinyl, I don't think. When did we start calling them vinyl? I mean, it was records when I was a kid. <laughs> It's funny, Bobby, because, you know, we used to have a turntable on one side of us and a turntable on the other side, and we would queue up. We would queue up the 45 before we got ready to start to play it. Now it's all digital. Now it's all digital. Well, the the station where we do, where um, At West Hour comes out of, and I do record that, but live in that studio, there's two turntables. There's uh, two, two CD players. Um, and of course there's some hookups. So if you want to play it, you know, off your computer, but there's a lot of DJs that radio hosts that come in there with their stack of vinyl and they, (laughs) they've got, you know, they have a loose idea of, you know, what they're going to play and they just go at it. It's watching them is like poetry in motion. I'm, you know, to me, it's daunting. I, I have to just do, do what I've figured out how to do, but 
they have so much fun and they're doing it live. If, if somebody came and knocked on the door with something for them to play, you know, I guess that could happen. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, guess. Well, I think now you, I think now the artists just send their CDs out to the radio stations and uh, maybe they'll use digital downloads and Dropbox and that type right. of thing. But anyway, right. I just, I just wondered because, you know, I think it's easier really today for artists, particularly independent artists, to be able to promote their music by by internet and and uh, uh, mailing things out rather than having to get in the car like Loretta did and she'd put on her dress yeah. in the back seat and go into the radio station and then she'd come back and put her jeans on and go to the next town. But uh, anyway, I just but, wondered about that. But, but Ron, would you say I, I, it does help you get the music out? But isn't there something about the personal connection when you can get a a radio host to really know you and connect to you. Um, and I think back to what you're talking about, Gary, that some of that personal connection would cause the radio host to play it again and again and again, more so than maybe we do when we just get digital downloads and we don't really know the performer. I don't know, Ron, well, what, do you, what do you say? That's true. A lot of the DJs have, have, uh, played my material and I'm surprised at the responses I get and, and from people that, you know, other parts of the country I, I, that I'd have no way of connecting with. I can't afford to do a tour. Right. And uh, tours are kind of hard on you too, physically. I, I'm not a young boy anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, my friend. I hear you. My friend. <laughs> there is a, there is another great song. This is almost kind of a protest type song. Uh, American Farmer. Tell us about this song. Ah, yeah. Uh, I've always been interested in, in Willie's Farm Aid. I would love to play on that thing, but I've never had an opportunity. And a friend of mine said he was going to play on it at one time, and could I write a song? And so I came up with that song, and Merle had had a song out years ago called Amber Waves of Grain, and that, that kind of touched me too. But in the end, uh, he didn't like the song. He had his own version of it, and I said, well, you need to do one or the other, but don't don't combine mine with yours. Right. So uh, if, you, if you're not going to use mine, you don't, you're not going to use any of it. He wanted to put the two songs together, and mash it up and I was I was opposed to that so I, I've been sitting on the song for a couple of years and I decided well it's time to put that thing out there especially with what's going on with farmers today and and so that's how that song came about somebody else gave me the idea almost gave me like an assignment he didn't he didn't pay me but he said uh I've got an opportunity and you could do do a song for me and yeah yeah so it was a good thing that it brought about the song but nothing, nothing much happened with it well, it is a great song. Let's take a listen to it and come back and talk more with Ron Christopher in just a moment. I'm an American farmer. It's a way of life. A man can still be proud of, like the country we supply. Up with the sun each morning. The whole family lends a hand We work to feed America We live to work the land Crops are in the field 
We've planted post to post Survived the twisters, floods and droughts But what hurt us the most Are government regulations That force us off the land It's time the American farmer Finally made a stand American farmer Don't want anyone to pay my way American farmer Proud to work the land We call the USA My wife was just a young girl When we first started here Time has passed but in my eyes She gets prettier each year We raised our children, gave them love We hoped they'd carry on But if agribusiness has its way Our way of life will soon be gone On Friday night when the work's all done You know I can be found Down the road not very far In our friendly little town Where people who mean just what they say Work hard, but on the seventh day We remember there's a higher law That we all answer to American farmers Don't want anyone to pay my way You took me by surprise on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he was when I first came to the uh, WMA and showed up at the archery. I was a little different, you know. I'm I'm a little uh, more urban than the uh, the old Western guys, so I wasn't wearing a hat. Although I was a hat act in the '80s, but uh, so they were looking at me a, a little funny, like who's this guy, you know? 
and Gene was the moderator there at the time, and he took a liking to me. He, whenever he was doing a song, he would turn to me and let me do a little solo on my guitar. And it was kind of hard to break in, you know. It's kind of like an old boys' club, and and, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fine with them now. But at the time, I was new, and they were they were just kind of suspicious of me. <laughs> and Gene always was very gracious to, toward me. And when he died suddenly, it hit me hard because you know, I really liked the man. And that's how that song came about. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, just he another was really. One. He was a very talented man. He came from a theatrical background. He was from South Carolina originally, but he'd been in New York and done some stage work, and, and uh, he was a real musical historian. But uh, what struck me about that was, you know, I thought that's a personal song. I'm just doing that uh, for my emotional release and, and to honor Gene, and I don't really expect anybody to pay attention to that song other than a few people who knew Gene. But... I got a lot of good responses about that. Another, again, another one of those mm-hmm. songs where you don't think everybody's going to like that one so much. Mm-hmm. And I got a lot of positive response on that song. Yeah. Yeah, he was a remarkable man. I always looked forward to seeing seeing him. He would come into the store regularly, and we would talk about music. And um, just uh, I was um, it was really heartfelt for me to see this. He listened to this song and see it on your CD. So I know inspiration comes from all over, doesn't it? <laughs> Sure does, and he was just a genuinely nice human being, and and uh, you know touched everybody that he uh, came in contact with, and he especially touched me, and he he made me a little more gracious, I think. Yeah, he was remarkable. I think the um, next song. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this one? And Gary's got this queued up. May you always find a way to be a cowboy. I know you mentioned it earlier. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, as I, I mentioned earlier that I don't come from the, the ranching cowboy background, although I do ride a horse, Gary. I can ride horses. And, uh, well, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, you know, that's my redeeming quality. You know, I understand. What, <laughs> I'm not an expert, but I uh, I do well with them. You know, we we just uh, sit there and talk and put our heads against each other for a while, and then everything's cool. Uh, that's good. But, that's uh, good. Because horse, horses are smarter than we are anyway, I think. And I think so. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> but I, uh, because I didn't come from the cowboy background, I grew up with that uh, Roy Rogers, Gene Autry, Code of the West kind of thing, how you conduct yourself, you dress nice, you act like a gentleman. And uh, so I think that doesn't matter where you live or what background you come from, if you can incorporate some of that code into your, your lifestyle, that's what the song is about. There's There's always a way to to be a cowboy and sometimes it's just in the decisions that you make it isn't necessarily riding a horse or rounding up cattle which i don't want to do right, <laughs> I'll ride right, horse, right. i'm not doing cattle <laughs> i've done that I'm, I'm with you i've done that i'm with you well this is a great song let's take a listen to it may you always find a way to be a cowboy it's ron christopher from the cd outside the fence May you always find a way to be a cowboy May you always find a trail that takes you home When your ride is done, may there be someone who's waiting Who's missed you every moment 
you've been gone When the night is cold And filled with unknown danger And this troubled world Is tearing at your heart May you always find a way to be a cowboy May you always find the will to do your part Cause a cowboy never shirks or makes excuses He faces every challenge as it comes He'll never compromise what he believes in And when it comes to trouble He won't run May you always find a way To be a cowboy May you always know the truth And right from wrong When you struggle to find hope and inspiration May you find it in an old time cowboy song And when you know it's time to make that final round And you know that last accounting you must give If you can say you found a way You can be proud of the life that you have lived.
find a way to be a cowboy from the CD Outside the Fence. We've been talking with Ron Christopher today, and our time has just flown by today, Ron. What a great guest. Yeah, yeah, I was having a great time, too. I could do this for another two hours. Oh, gosh. Well, I know that everyone that's listening today around the world is going to want to buy this CD. So how can we find you, and uh, how can people get this music? Okay. um, I have a website, ronchristophermusic.com. Okay. I'm also on CD Baby. I'm on iTunes. I'm on Apple Music. I'm on Google Music. I'm on Spotify, Amazon, and most of the social media. All right, so he's got a great Facebook page. Be sure and like him on Facebook and uh, and visit his website, ronchristophermusic.com. You can follow his tour schedule, and you can purchase all of his CDs. That way I would suggest that you just purchase the whole CD. It's it's a whole lot of fun, and, and they're really oh, a yeah. great CD. Yeah. You want the whole thing, yeah. You want the whole thing. <laughs> So forget this digital download of one song at a time. You know, let's buy the whole thing. Actually, you want his discography. So when you're there, just just get them all. You know, one just stop shop all. and get them all. Just get them all. Well, I, I do I do write in thematic form, so my CDs do have a theme to them. Uh, well, you need to get the theme, the the whole theme. So <laughs> anyway, you've been a great guest. Loved having you with us today. And uh, we're going to close out this segment of the show with another great song from the CD, Outside the Fence is the name of the CD. And, Ron, this one is one called Dakota. You want to tell us real quickly how this one came to be? Yeah, I was following the the Dakota Pipeline at the time of the confrontations when the uh, Native Americans were were trying to uh, peacefully protest uh, the fact that the uh, pipeline was going through their land. Right. And there are, I know there are various points of view on this, but I I, uh, I always have a little concern about what happens to Native Americans, uh, considering their history. And so that's how the song came about. And uh, and before I lose you today, Gary, I want to thank you and Bobby Jean so much for taking the time to do this show today with me and, and help me uh, promote myself. I, I really do appreciate it. Thank you again. Well, you are very welcome, and you have just been a great guest. We've loved having you with us. And we're going to close out again with a song called Dakota. We've been talking with Ron Christopher today on the Campfire Cafe, and we'll be back in just a moment. Badlands, known as the Dakotas, live the once great nation that we call the Sioux. The white smoke still rises from the seven council fires. To this land, still they remain true. Protectors of the water and tradition, respecters of the earth. All that she provides Reminders of the truth 
we have forgotten. Without water, we cannot survive. And our voices are crying out, Dakota. We will not yield, with standing rock we stand. The lifeblood of the planet is her water. And her water, we will defend. gold, so they came with guns and miners, justified the bloodshed, because of Custer's stand, now they want the river, so they come with guns and lawyers, once more just to desecrate the land, outside the sacred circle, the white man does his kill dance, while warriors watch and pray within the holy wheel in a hail of rubber bullets they stand in peaceful protest undaunted undefeated their spirit must prevail and our voices are crying out the Dakota we will not yield with standing rock we stand the lifeblood of the planet is her water. In her water, we will defend. How long can the warnings go unheeded by a government that wields a heavy hand? How long can a people be mistreated before they draw the line in the sand? We will not yield, withstanding rock we stand. The lifeblood of the planet is her water, and her water. song to lead us into Saddle Up America. When we come back, we're going to be visiting with our good friend Sherry Spurlock of Bridal Ridge Horse and RV Camps in Custer, South Dakota. We'll be back in just a moment on Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Wake up in the morning Just glad my boots are on Instead of emptying the whispering grass 
down the fabric forest lawn. On the set to make a girl blazing. Two raw eggs and a shot of gin. And I give it all up for that little blue pill. I promise to bring it all back to you. Ride me down easy Ride me down easy, friend Tonight the western stars are shining bright again Here in the canyons above sunset The desert don't give up the fight away with someone's chihuahua that's teeth Cross my veranda in the night Some lost sheep from Oklahoma Sips her mojito down at the whiskey bar Smiles and says she thinks she remembers me from that Commercial with a credit card Hell, these days are Now there's just a game Tonight the western stars are shining bright again Some days I take my Eldermino Throw my saddle in Desert where the shadows They still ride and roll Our American brothers Cross the line when the old ways were there Then at the western stars Are shining brighter again
glad my boots were on. Mr. Bruce Springsteen, Western Stars is the name of the song from the CD by the same name. And we are traveling out to the badlands of Custer, South Dakota to talk with our next guest, Miss Sherry Spurlock, who owns Bridal Ridge Horse and RV Camps. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Gary. Hey, Bobby. How are y'all? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good, thank you. Thank you for having me back. This is fun. Well, it is fun. It is fun. So it's been uh, February since you were on the show last, and since that yep. time, you have you've got Bridal Ridge up and running. And so uh, let's kind of update everybody. Tell us a little bit about what Bridal Ridge has as far as accommodations for folks. Okay. Well, we're located about seven miles out of Custer. Um, we adjoin the Black Hills National Forest. And presently, we have 18 full hookup RV sites or uh, living quarter horse trailer sites um, with water, sewer, and electric, and a picnic table and fire pit for everyone. And then we have a 22 stall barn with a beautiful breezeway down the middle for your tack and feed storage. And next year, we're going to be adding a lot of new things, and I'm real, real excited about that. But we have had a much, much better year than I could ever have hoped for. And I would like to think that a big part of that was due to being on your all show. So thank you very much for that. Well, thanks for saying that, and you're mighty welcome. But uh, I know you've got a lot of friends out there that have, have really enjoyed traveling. As a matter of fact, I had some friends, uh, Brad and Ken Hornsby from Kentucky, that yeah. were out there a few months ago, and they just loved your place. I loved them. You talk about really fine folks. I really enjoyed them, and um, I don't think Kim had ever ridden out here before, and no. uh, I was just, yeah, I was just so pleased to get to host her first trip, you know, out to the Black Hills, and they seemed to have a great time, and I, I sure, sure appreciated them coming um, and putting faith in me. You know, that's a, that's a lot for all the people that came this year. I'm, I'm so blessed and so thankful that folks um, – trusted me enough with their, you know, precious time off and their trip and, you know, to come spend some time with us. And they, it's just been so much fun. I just can't even tell you. I've had a wonderful summer. Well, tell us a little bit about the trails and the type of riding that people can do from Bridal Ridge. Well, you know, that's the cool part about this, Gary. There's something for everybody, um, almost everybody. I mean, if folks are needing, you know, just an hour or two, you know, a little loop back and forth to camp, we're probably not the place for them. But luckily, you know, I've kind of explained that to folks. And all of the people that we have had so far have been, you know, serious trail riders um, that are comfortable, in, you know, in the woods. They're comfortable out basically doing their own trailblazing. Um, we have a lot of Forest Service roads in the area that kind of act as, you know, sort of a map, and you can certainly ride those roads and, and have beautiful scenery doing that. But yeah. we also have the ability, you know, to go off-road and create our own, you know, way through everything. And as we mentioned or we talked about last time I was on, 
Um, it's very different than the East Coast in that you can do that here. You know, we don't have right. that thick underbrush. It's basically pine trees and grass. So, and, you know, rock outcroppings and things. But you can go basically off-roading and do some trailblazing. And we've come up with, I think, five or maybe now six just awesome different different trails um, that are starting to get a little bit more worn in. And we can put them, uh, you know, on a map that I'm able to give out um, through the Forest Service. And there's also a, an app called Gaia, which you can download. It's free, and we can, um, you know, transfer those trails to that app. But the riding is just incredible. We, we're blessed that we haven't had, you know, damage from beetle infestation, which was really rampant out here a few years ago and, and did a lot yeah. of damage to a lot of areas. Um, we haven't had any forest fires, you know, knock on wood, in the areas. So it's beautiful. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. So there's everything from kind of lower lands with a lot of water crossings and big rock outcroppings and pastures and that kind of thing to um, really high vistas. Um, Bear Mountain is uh, a ride straight out of camp, and I think we talked about this last time. It comes in at about 7,144 feet, and it's only... 74 feet shy of the highest peak in South Dakota. Oh, so wow. you still get that. Three, yeah, it's, it's awesome. You still get that 360-degree view that's just magnificent. Um, plus, there's a big fire tower up there. And the girl that, you know, looks out for fire, I mean, that's what it's for, Colleen, has right. become a good friend and, um, you know, a supporter of Bridal Ridge because she loves having folks come up and, you know, go up and talk to her. You know, it's kind of a lonely job. <laughs> so, um, <she's, laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's gorgeous, but, you know, sitting out just by yourself all day long kind of gets a little old. So she loves, you know, entertaining the clients. And, uh, you know, that's just one of many. And they're set up sort of where, you know, if you don't want to do the whole thing, because many of them are, you know, 12, 13, 10 miles, you know, they're, we're pretty much set up for serious riders here. Right. Um, but, you, but you don't have to. You know, you don't have to do the whole thing if you don't want to. Um, but I'm, I'm very blessed. I mean, I was a little scared, to be honest with you, because I had not ridden extensively. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, what if I've done all this and the riding's not fabulous but it really is and i'm i'm just thankful and blessed that our clients have had you know the gumption and the the want to get out and do some exploring because there's no way i could have done it all by myself so yeah they have been incredible just incredible folks that have come and helped this year and enjoyed it and i just feel very blessed oh that's fantastic that is fantastic. Well, it sounds like it's been a good experience so far. And, uh, it has been. It has been. Yeah, you know, if people are coming out to the Black Hills to ride, they're serious about their riding. And so they can get that when they come to visit Bridal Ridge. And, uh, and by the way, I followed Bridal Ridge on Facebook and, uh, and, and folks that are riding and taking pictures and uh your facility is great your your uh 
uh, campsites for the uh, track, not tractor trailers, but for the uh, horse trailers. You've got, they're big. I mean, it's easy for people to get in and out there, isn't it? It's very easy. And we did design it that way. Um, once again, it's just a blessing that we're off, you know, about a six mile secondary gravel road, which if anybody's been out here, they know that all roads out here are gravel. But it's county maintained, and there's no, you know, hairpin turns or any kind of weird problematic areas getting in here with really, really big rigs. Um, so the first, I don't know, four or five poultry spots are, you know, between 100 feet long to, I think, 85 feet long. Somewhere, you know, they vary in between there. So you can fit just about any size rig anybody's going to pull up with um, out here, including you know, the semis that pull them, that pull some of them. But, of course, you don't mm-hmm. have to have that to come here. Um, but you can get it in and get it out easily. So that was something that we really did pay a lot of attention to because rigs are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, you know, and they have slide outs and a lot of things that they didn't have, you know, 20 years ago. People didn't have all this. And some of the campgrounds, you know, they're awesome, but they, you know, rigs weren't like that then. And they're not well, really right. set up for that. So, that's right. Yeah. Bobby, the first camping that I did, horse camping, uh, one of my brothers and I went out with a two-horse trailer. And uh, after we got to the campground, the only thing that we could do would be to, to sweep the horse trailer out and then sleep in the back of that. That was our that was our uh, <laughs> living quarters trailers. <laughs> As, as you might expect. <laughs> so that was that was but my first experience. Huh? Yeah, and that's, I said, but you still got to go somewhere, and that's awesome. Yeah, I that's got, true. I got, well, I got to go somewhere and had a great time. Yeah. Go ahead, Bobby. Um, Sherry, your your website is really terrific. And, of course, I, I love to go and, and uh, bop around the websites of our guests. Um, and I know we're, since we're talking about the trailers, um, it says here you've got 18 full hookup sites, and they come with water, sewer, and 30 or 50 amp electric service, a picnic table, and a fire pit. That is right. What else can yeah. you need? Now, it says well, that there'll be a bathhouse added. Did that happen yet, or is that still coming? No, that hasn't happened yet. We got the basis for it down, but unfortunately, we had a really super wet spring um, and cold spring out here. So we got a little bit behind on the ground. It's still up and functioning, but we want to definitely add the bathhouse this spring. Um, We're going to be adding some cabins sort of down in the aspen trees that kind of overlook the pasture and uh, a big group gathering area. So there's a lot of stuff still coming. It's going to make sure. you know, time spent in camp a little nicer, but mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing you can really do about you know the riding. It's either here or it's not, and I'm just very, very blessed that it is here. I'm so excited about that, and that's what most people come for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, it is, okay. and uh, yep. yeah, yeah. By the way, I didn't have a bathhouse at that first camp spot, so it was you know go find a spot <laughs> in the woods somewhere, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> today, we've come a long way and today most people have their living quarters trailers with their bathroom and their shower in it and bobby you could you could camp that way you could camp that way but uh 
yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, I I was interested. We talked last time about the fact that you had decided this. You came from Atlanta and Knoxville, Tennessee, where you were more of a city slicker. And and now you have suddenly found yourself in Custer, South Dakota. Uh, population what? Uh, about 2,500 people. 2,800 <laughs> maybe. During the winter, obviously, it's yeah. summertime, but that's about what we have here. Yeah, so a big difference from Atlanta and Knoxville, Tennessee. So. Very different. Yeah. So I'm getting used to, but you know, there's Rapid City, which isn't too far away, and I think right. it's about eighty thousand. So you've got pretty much, you know, things that you're accustomed to. They're just not a mile away like they used to. Right. Be. Right. Well, when we come back, we want to talk a little bit about some of the challenges that you challenges that you have encountered that maybe you didn't expect. And then talk about, uh, again, talk about some of the things that we can look forward to being added as Bridal Ridge starts into its second year. But right now, let's listen to a great song by Bernadette Ducharme. It's called I've Seen the Wind. And when we come back, we'll be talking again with Sherry Spurlock at Bridal Ridge Horse and RV Camps in Custer, South Dakota. I've seen the wind tossing wild stallions mane, waving grasses on the plain, wiping tracks out of the dust. I've seen the wind shaking aspens in the fall, spinning windmills in a squall, rattling fences full of rust. I've seen the wind. I've seen. Find in many ways on stormy nights and sunny days Like foggy memories of a dream Things aren't always what they seem In the wind, in the wind I have seen the wind Tumble wings along the ground Lifting wings without a sound Building drifts of falling snow I've seen Spooking horses into flight, fanning campfires in the night, leaving shivers where it goes. I've seen the wind. I've seen the wind, so undefined in many ways, on stormy nights and sunny days, like foggy memories of a dream. Things aren't always what they seem in the wind. I have seen the wind bending boughs to rock a by, racing clouds across the sky, twirling leaves so light and free. I have seen the wind whirling dust devils from the sand, spreading seeds of life throughout the land, blending nature in harmony. I have seen the wind. I have seen. Stormy nights and sunny days Like foggy memories of a dream Things aren't always what they seem In the wind, in the wind 
I've Seen the Wind by Bernadette Ducharme from her new CD, Melancholy Trail. It's such a gorgeous song. We're talking with um, Sherry Spurlack, and she's our guest today on Saddle Up America. And Sherry, what an undertaking. So when we last talked to you, you were getting ready to open, and you've had your first year. i got to ask, what were some of the greatest joys for you over these last several months? And then what were some of the biggest challenges? (laughs) Well, that's an excellent question. I'm so glad you asked me because I have had so many joyful experiences with the folks that have come to visit with me. Um, it's it's really been a delight to meet and get to spend some time, you know, with the guests and, and just see how much fun they're having and see their smiles when they come back from riding and, you know, hear their laughter at night when they're around their campfire. And it's just it, the biggest joy for me has, has, has been to have seen people having fun, you know, really enjoying it and having fun. And probably the biggest challenge – well, there's been several, but one of the biggest challenges is feeling like I don't get to spend enough time, you know, being with them, having fun. I think I need a little help. <laughs> a little more. Yeah. I've had a wonderful for John Anderson. He's been here with me all season. He it was absolutely fantastic, and I could have never done it without him. But I would like to get, you know, a little bit more lined out next year to where I can do a little bit more writing and, you know, spend some time you know, laughing and cutting up and enjoying the wonderful people that come here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't I, imagine you know, that has to be. Yeah. Um, uh, you have ambitious plans. You had ambitious plans for this year and mostly got it all done, and you're looking at next year. So um, you've got to have some big dreams. What do you see for five years from now? Oh, my gosh, you would have to ask me that, <laughs> wouldn't you? <laughs> Come on now. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, that that's a good question too. And and there's just a lot of things. I'm kind of a perfectionist when it comes to layout and accommodations and you know things that you offer guests. So you know, folks seem to be really super happy with it as it is now. I see a lot of opportunity, you know, to improve. I want to do a lot of tree planting and cabins and clean up and continuing to just make it better and better and better. That's really what I want to do. Um, mm-hmm. where, where it's more of a destination, you know, I mean, there's so mm-hmm. much to do out here. I mean, obviously it's a destination, but there's so, so, so much to do in the Black Hills. Um, I just want to have it extremely comfortable for our guests and especially the horses. And I think the horses have been very, very comfortable, very well cared for, but um, you know, I want to add a round pen. I want to add, um, you know, some run out areas, do some cross fencing so we can, you know, let horses go out and roll and do a little grazing here and there. And, you know, cause they work really hard, um, right. up here and it's, it's not, and somebody mentioned doing an obstacle course and I thought that was really such a great idea. And then I got to thinking, well, you know, all day out here is pretty much one big obstacle course. So yeah, really. Yeah. They might just enjoy a little run out more than that right now. So yeah. I just want to make it better and better and better, really. Yeah. On the website, you had some really fun pictures of elk 
and the date was, and they're in the snow, and the date on the picture is in May. Now I don't know when were, when did, when were you there and had elk in the snow? When was yeah. that? That was May twenty second. We it had was May. Six, okay. No. <laughs> the good thing oh. about it is it melted off in like two days. I think that was maybe a day or so after the actual snow, so it wasn't really bad. But you know, coming from the south, that's crazy to me that it would snow away. <laughs> yeah, crazy yeah. to me too. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it, it you, was kind of you open? Had you opened? We um, you were not yet. Okay. Not but you yet were there. You were. Past year, I was here. Uh, we will be opening May first of next year. Um, so you know, it may snow a little bit here and there, and we may see elk. Mm-hmm. I, we've had a two different mountain lion sightings, not around camp, but while people were out riding. Um, so I mean, the wildlife out, out here is just awesome. We've seen some elk um, again, and typically in the summer they're up in the high country, but we are the high country, which is pretty cool so you know there's a lot of free range cattle that roam and there's coyotes and you know it's just it's enough wild to really feel like you're away from everything but it's not so much that you're scared if that makes sense Uh uh-huh yeah that makes sense Right. And you have some wildlife that are going to get rounded up annually, um, and it happens starting a week from today, actually. Um, the yeah. Buffalo Roundup, an arts festival. What an amazing event. Will you be able to get away and get over there? Absolutely. It is so much fun. I highly recommend you know everybody experiencing that at least once in their life. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, you got to get up kind of early and get over there. It happens, they seat people basically on two big knolls in between kind of a, a wash area, well, not really a wash, but like a gully area where they drive the buffalo through to the buffalo pen. So there's two great viewing areas. And uh, you park, and then you take your chair, you know, your camping chair and some snacks and stuff and, you know, sit out and, wait for them to start moving the buffalo. So it's really exciting. And uh, the arts festival is just premier. I mean, it, it is a wonderfully done arts festival. Everything at Custer State Park is wonderful. It's just hot, very high quality and, and well done. So it's a whole weekend of a lot of fun. And that's kind of the, I guess it's kind of like the big last blowout in the area. You know, most things sort of start, coming closing down a little bit after the Buffalo Roundup, but you had asked earlier about future plans, and maybe not next year, maybe next year, maybe not, um, but I do want to stay open year-round for hunters okay. because there's, oh. yeah, there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of great hunting out here, and the whole campground won't be open, but I've designed it to where there's like seven spots that are kind of winter-proof, so uh, we can leave them open if I want. And uh, given where we are, you know, I really don't want to leave. I want to get to the point where I don't have to leave here because I love it so much. Right, so that's a goal. right. Yeah, that's the goal. I wanted to ask, mm-hmm. uh, right now you have 18 uh, camping spots. Do you have any plans to add more of those? 
Yeah, we do. Actually, we have 18 full hookup spots. Um, there's an additional seven or eight that have water and sewer already installed. I just okay. haven't installed the electrical piece of it yet because it's pretty expensive. So I wanted to kind of get booked up and, you know, and then have the, the, the infrastructure that has to be way, way down in the ground done and then be able to add the electric, you know, as needed. So right. we're, we're going to expand. I think, I think this is going to catch on and we're going to do real well. And I think folks are really going to enjoy it. And, do you have okay. do you currently do you currently have any spots that if people just want to come and pitch a tent and can come and do that that they're able? Well, you know, to answer your question, yeah, there's spots all over the place. Have I designated any spots? No, not yet, because I don't have a bathhouse. So, gotcha. you know, we do have kind of a porta pot set up, you know, which is, is great. But I mean, you could pitch tent pretty much anywhere, but I haven't really developed that aspect of it yet. I thought, okay. you know, getting the bathhouse kind of important to, before I did that. Um, and most folks, you know, come, I, I do have a, several campers that are available to rent um, that have bathrooms and full kitchen and that kind of thing. So uh, we can accommodate the person that doesn't have living quarters. But if okay. that bathhouse is up, I really you know, stretch too far with that. All right. So I imagine that's one of the first things for next year that you'll want to add. So that's pretty exciting. I wanted to ask, uh, uh, Sherry, what, what is your season now? When will you close for the year? Actually this, this year I'm closing right after Buffalo roundup. So I'll be packed up and leaving October 1st. Um, next year, I hope to stay open through October, because there's still some good riding out in October. Um, the right. weather can be kind of iffy, you know, but there's still plenty of riding. And actually, next year, I'm hoping that I don't have to leave at all. So, you know, most of the spots, when it starts freezing, hard freezing, are going to need to be closed down. And it's designed that we can do that. But the seven okay. or eight that I was talking about earlier, you know, can stay open. Um for folks that just, I mean, riding in the snow is kind of fun, too. I mean, I've done a little it bit is. of that, and it's a lot. Yeah, it it's is. fun. Um, yeah. So, you know, there may be, you know, I might end up doing some kind of sleigh ride something someday and a chuck wagon thing. I mean, you just don't know. There's so many things that you could add, you know, to make it more interesting and more fun. Bobby, sounds to me like we need to head down to Custer sometime. I think you well, yes, do. and I think the Buffalo Roundup. I would love to see that, and I just I just posted it on the Facebook page. But Alan and Jill Kirkham, our good friends, will be performing as they always do, Friday, uh, September twenty seventh, under the big top uh, during that festival. So I, I would love to I would love to hear the sound of a herd of buffalo <laughs> stampeding. That's like on my bucket list. <laughs> Yeah, from a safe distance. Well, from yeah, a safe from distance. a safe distance. Of course, <laughs> yes. I'm a super- <laughs> oh, gosh. So you'll open on May 1st uh, in 2020? In 2020. And we've already got a bunch of reservations. So many people have rebooked that I'm I'm just oh, so excited happy about it. Yeah. Um, people are booking for May, which is awesome. Great. So I think we'll have. Yeah, I think we'll have a 
have a good season next year. I'm going to get here probably, you know, weather depending mid-March, and um, Jerry Bridge, my contractor, is going to be joining me, and we're going to put some finishing touches a little bit this fall and then a lot in the spring, you know, weather permitting, hopefully, um, you know, on what's already here, and then start to make plans, you know, for phase two. Oh, that is great. That is great. And I know that there are a lot of groups on Facebook. Uh, have you got any of those groups booked, like HTCAA or Trail Riding Singles? Or do you have some groups that are coming in? Um, I don't have anything from HTCAA right now, although Shannon and, and Jason came out and spent a week with me this spring. Um, and I did have some folks from Trail Riding Singles. Um, come by in June and you know unfortunately the lady that set it up you know kind of planned it wasn't able to attend and I was extraordinarily busy because it's my first few weeks of being open so I think folks had a good I wish I could have been a better hostess and done some you know special things for them which I wasn't able to do but um, all in all, you know, I think that it worked out okay. But that's something, too, once I get my feet a little more grounded, um, mm-hmm. I definitely, you know, want to try to, to attract some larger groups of people. But, you know, you probably know this. A lot of people travel in groups of, you know, three, four, six, seven rigs. And they right. do that on their own board, which is right. kind of cool. So, but yeah, I'd love to have an HTCAA ride out here. Would love it. But Shannon uh, knows that want it to be perfect. <laughs> That's a very special group of people, <laughs> very uh, near and dear to my heart. So, you know, I want it to be perfect before they come out. <laughs> well, it's hard. Close. It's hard to achieve perfection. So you know, you don't have to be exactly perfect, but that would be all right. No, that would no. be all right. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's exciting. It's an exciting thing that you've been doing. And, um, I mean, you know, you've built this thing from the ground up. So that's, that is pretty cool. And, uh, and I hate to tell you, but when you're the boss, a lot of times you just don't get to have as much fun as the rest of the folks do. So you may yeah, just have to, you may just have to deal with that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'll find a way around it. We'll get some um, scheduling done next year. You know, where at least I know I have X days, you know, to do uh, stuff. So we'll get there. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Well, give us your website. Oh, thank you. Um, it's not the greatest right now because it's kind of through my reservation software. But okay. we'll work on that, too. Uh, it's Ridge H for horse, C for camp. Dot com. BridalRidgeHC.com to uh, mm-hmm. to make reservations and find out a little bit more about Bridal Ridge. And then you've got a great Facebook page for Bridal Ridge. What is that? Thank you. It's um, Bridal Ridge Horse and RV Camp. And actually, our group page is quite a bit better than just the page. I don't okay. know enough about Facebook to, you know, I need to brush up on that a little bit too but um we started the group page long before the actual like business page was started and there's more activity and more stuff going on there so um 
You do need to call at the moment, though. You do need to call me for reservations. I've had the uh, online stuff disabled because it was a little confusing to folks. And, you know, I'd ra- really rather make that personal connection anyway. Right. So um, I will try to place people, where you know, where they're going to be best suited given the size of the rig and that kind of thing. So we may get there, you know, at some point with, with online bookings. But for now, it's best to just give me a call. Okay, and they can find that number where? Well, I can give it to you. It's um, 605-517-0580. Of course, it's on the web page. It's on our Facebook page and group. Um, Hopefully, it's not difficult to find. I don't know. I haven't tried to search it yet. Maybe I should. Oh gosh. Well, I, I think I think you can find it. So anyway, well, Sherry Spurlock, you have been a great guest. We appreciate you coming back and wish you the very best as you start your second year in 2020. And uh, we'll have to have you come back and find out what's going on with Bridal Ridge Horse and RV Camps in the future. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you all. All right. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take a real quick break and listen to a great song by Mr. Alan Chapman. It's called These Cowboy Boots, and we'll be back in just a moment to talk more with Miss Bobby Bell when we return on Saddle Up America. These cowboy boots, they were made by M.L. Letty that helped to keep me steady. On the nights when I've been tight These cowboy boots They have two-stepped through lajitas And been bathed in margaritas On starry Texas nights These cowboy boots Are just the bottom part Of a life I chose to live And if it comes right to it now There's nothing I wouldn't give For these cowboy boots Cowboy boots They've been frozen round a campfire And been tangled up in barbed wire Right here the tops are red These cowboy boots They have stomped the streets of Paris And got lost down in Bandera Underneath some lady's bed These cowboy boots Are just the bottom part of a life I chose to live And if it comes right to it now There's nothing I wouldn't give For these cowboy boots These cowboy boots They got spur marks on the heel Just a hint they might be real And work to cow or two These cowboy boots at my feet and soothe my soul, help to keep my spirit whole when I can't be near to you. These cowboy boots are just the bottom part of a life I chose to live. And if it comes right to it now, there's nothing I wouldn't give for these cowboy boots. And 
cowboy boots with ten rows of purple stitching Cause they look good in my kitchen Drying from the rain And I wear these cowboy boots To remind me of my history When life still had some mystery And cowboys rode the plains These cowboy boots Shined up right nice for my wedding Pointed where I should be heading For me and my new wife These cowboy boots Helped me stand up straight and tall The night I got that call When my daddy left this life These cowboy boots are just The bottom part of a life I chose to live And if it comes right to it now There's nothing I wouldn't give For these cowboy boots Yeah, if it comes right to it, son There's nothing I wouldn't give For these cowboy boots Mr. Alan Chapman The song was These Cowboy Boots and Bobby, this has been a good two hours today. So much fun talking with Ron Christopher and sharing his great music. And uh, and Sherry Spurlock is always great to visit with at Bridal Ridge Horse and RV Camp. So, fun show today. Absolutely, we always have a we always have a good time here on Campfire Cafe and Saddle Up America, don't we? I think our well, listeners I- do. <laughs> And our guests do, so. I hope so. I hope so. But uh, but anyway, it was a lot of fun today visiting with both of those folks. And um, next week on the Campfire Cafe, we have uh, a great couple from Nashville, Tennessee. We've got the Farmer and Adele. They're going to be joining us for the Campfire Cafe. And then uh, we've got a Mr. Greg White, who is with... um, Cherit Creek Lodge in the Big South Fork up in East Tennessee that will be joining us for Saddle of America. Bobby, that place was built in the 1700s, and it oh, is wow. a destination for folks to to ride to uh, in the Big South Fork, but it also is a place where you can go and stay in a lodge. Uh, they've got great, great food there that they serve and that's all by reservation we'll talk more about that next week but it's a place where you go there's no electricity no electricity so you've got to be ready for no electricity they do have a bathhouse that's solar powered but uh yeah yeah but uh that's by reservation that's going to be real interesting and i think that greg told me they had a big announcement that they're going to make on the show next week about Cherry Creek. So anyway, that should be a lot of fun. The Farmer and Adele for the Campfire Cafe and then Cherry Creek Lodge on Saddle Up America. And it um, should be a fun, fun show next week. So anything exciting going on with you, friend? Uh, well, let's see. Let's see. Well, um, Besides country music. Out west- 
I was going to say, well, this week's Out West Hour will be um, Country Music We Love, Part 2. And I've been kind of using the series as the outline for the show. And I, I have a feeling there may need to be a Part 3 because I'm not sure I can get everything to, <laughs> into Part 2 <laughs> that I want to cover. So this may continue into next week. Um one of the top five nominees for the International Western Music Association Male Poet of the Year, Tom Swearingen, will be hosted by my husband, Jim, and me coming in October 1st for another one of our Out West Live um, in-house performances. We're very excited to be hosting Tom, and when he leaves us, he'll be going up to the Durango uh, Cowboy poetry or cowboy gathering which happens later that week and we're kind of gearing up for everything that's going to be happening here in Albuquerque in November for the International Western Music Association um, gathering which is simply being called All Roads Lead to Albuquerque so um, we've got some things that we're, we're prepping for that and, of course, they keep adding new product to Out West. Uh, cowboy hats are in the news right now. Uh, those of us that love them, they've always been part of our wardrobes. But once again, um, fashion seems to have um, embraced the cowboy hat being worn by people <laughs> that wouldn't normally necessarily consider uh, would wear a cowboy hat, but they are, and so I've been adding cowboy hats, uh, many new styles. Well, it's not because of the new fashion trends, just what I do. Um, lots of new hats by the Bullhide Hat Company. We do have two websites. Currently, they're going up on our outwestmktg.com site, and then they'll be um, also posted on outwestshop.com, but probably not till sometime next week. So. Yeah, I was posting cowboy hats yesterday, and my husband walks over to me with an article from the Wall Street Journal I that was in that. yesterday's issue all about cowboy hats. And he's handing it to me going, well, uh, what are you working on today? I said, bullhide hats, like I've been working on. And he goes, well, you might want to read this. <laughs> I got so tickled. we were ahead of trend always. <laughs> yeah, I got tickled. They said that since – What's his name? Nasex, Nasex, or Nash yeah, or whatever. Yeah. You know, he's he yeah. and he and uh, uh, has had such a big hit with a song that he's done that that uh, now cowboy hats are in vogue again with everybody. So I got real tickled at that. Well, listen, this yeah. has been a fun show. A lot of exciting things going on in Albuquerque for the next couple of months. It sounds like. And uh, any kind of closing thoughts that you want to leave us with today? I have one, and this is from Marilyn Monroe. Oh, wow. I believe that everything happens for a reason. People change so that you can learn to let go. And sometimes good things fall apart so better things can fall together. Marilyn Monroe. I like that. I like that. I, I really like, like that. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Things happen for a reason. They sure do. They sure do. Well, listen, this has been a fun time today on uh, the Campfire Cafe and Saddle Up America. We remind all of our audience around the world, uh, we thank you for listening. And we remind you that if you climb in the saddle, get ready for the ride on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Heard around the world, streaming live, online, and on demand. 
at equestrianlegacy.net. We're going to close the show today with a great song from our good friend, Miss Belinda Gale. It's one called Cowgirl Creed. And again, thank you for listening. Wouldn't take nothing but a whole lot of heart Iron will and gumption, I'll just you But the good Lord gave me, so don't call me honey Don't, don't call me baby Oh.